Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show. It's done two shows in a row now. This is objectively true, yeah. Tomorrow's going to be on tape. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitch, we're all on all those things, right? Mm-hmm. I got to check that every once in a while. Yeah, Maybe sure. you just pulled the string and be like, oh, we're not doing it on YouTube anymore. Yeah, I could just like literally make you think that we're live this whole time mm-hmm. and just oh, never actually go oh, I live. Never, I never verify. <laughs> you would have no idea. I never verify for live. <laughs> we listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice either way thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show i am sitting here sitting over there at the helm today making it sound good she's all sweatered up she's the duchess of the dork she's actually pickle did you see that it's gonna get down to the 40s this weekend that's just gross like can that not happen you know matt steps in canada right now well, that's that's his own personal choice. I choose to live in Not Texas, really where, it should, like, where it should be warm all the time. That's a that's a weird take. It should just be warm all the time. Yeah, like let's let's tap out at sixty is the low. That sounds good. I mean, I'm down with that generally. Yeah, generally speaking, but you know, it can be cold on Christmas Day. I'm okay with that. Other than that, for the birds, yeah. throw it away. By the way, a white Christmas is overrated. Um, <laughs> the movie's fine. But, I mean, like, having a white Christmas. Yeah, okay. Today is Tuesday, October 12th, 2021, 44 days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to to Huge Ackman. Today is episode 1,259. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Hugh Jackman. Oh, I am sorry. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Common mistake there. It's not Huge Ackman. It's Hugh Jackman. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It gets the best of us. Episode 1,259. On today's show, guys, we are going to recap the college football weekend in a segment that I have done. This is true. I wasn't here for last week's burning questions. You did them with Craven, right? I did. Um, I don't know what the questions were. Yeah. So I get to... They were my questions. I get to... Uh, I came up with them. I get to react in real time to these questions. Good. I'm excited. I've done no research. I did not listen to the podcast. I like checked out. So uh, we'll re- recap the college football weekend coming up here. Then we'll be joined by the, the Hall of Famer, uh, Craig Way, who joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. We'll round it all out with the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Plays of the Week brought to you by our friends at Body Armor. So do we have first four through the door? 
Mm-hmm. Um, Nicholas Morton, Rob Hadaway, Coach Terry Crawford, and Ed McElroy. Welcome in, fellas. Coach Terry Crawford of those undefeated Panthers. How about them Panthers? Every time he's first fourth of the door, I'm going to mention their work. <laughs> he's not going to want like if you're going to jinx it. If they lose their next, week. if they lose their next like th- I think they're seven and zero or six and zero. If they lose, I'm going to assume they have four more games. If they lose their next four, uh, he's going to come to my house and hunt me down. I hope that he will at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's tough but fair. The Dave Campbell's Texas Football Impactful Leadership Award presented by First National Bank of Omaha will recognize 10 influential Texas high school football athletes who are leaders both on and off the field. This week, we're honoring big-time offensive lineman Cole Hudson from Frisco High School. Uh, he is our Dave Campbell's Impactful Leadership Award presented by First National Bank of Omaha. Cole Hudson uh, from Frisco High School. Read more about what makes Cole a great leader at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to our friends at First National Bank of Omaha for sponsoring the Impactful Leadership Award. All right, Pickle. It was a week of college football, and there's a lot to uh, – and, and as I mentioned – I have not prepared for this at all. I know what happened in college football. I watched all the college football games. Then you'll be able to answer. Them. I think I will be, but like these questions, I haven't prepped for. So this is this is going to be interesting uh, to see what you came up with. What was our first question, Pickle? I'm genuinely curious. <laughs> our first question with the UTSA Roadrunners was sincere McCormick's legs or Bailey Zappi's arm, which is more dangerous? Well, it turned out, actually, the answer was Bailey Zappi's arm. arm. Yeah. <laughs> it was, but not that it mattered at, mm-hmm. in the end. You know, in the end, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure sincere McCormick is happy to take the back seat and get the get the dub. 52 uh, to 46 win over yeah. Western Kentucky, by the way. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should probably mention the score. <laughs> um, yes, this was, but really... So Bailey Zappi goes 33, 38 of 60 for 523 yards and five touchdowns, but a critical interception at the very end. Sincere McCormick only ran for 120 yards. The, st- the star of the show for UTSA was, well, I mean, it could be DeCorin Clark. Yeah. Who had three touchdown catches. But it's probably Frank <laughs> <That> Harris. <helps. laughs> it's Frank Harris, the quarterback yeah. for, uh, for, for uh, UTSA. Now, I'm not here to say that he outgunned Bailey Zappi. Mm-mm. Um, but what I am here but to tell he played you the supporting is that cast role that he needed to. He, he did what he needed to do. He did what he needed to do. And go ask Frank Harris if he cares that he has worse numbers than Bailey Zappi. Nope, <laughs> yeah. he's six and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. So he wants. Um, yeah, that's a that's a great one for UTSA in a in a weird trap game against a team that is better than their one and four record indicates. Oh yeah, they're they Western Kentucky is agents of chaos, mm-hmm. uh, especially in a night game on the hill. Oh yeah, and so that was a big win for UTSA. Uh, to move to 6-0 and uh, on the season. I believe they get Rice this week, uh, which means that uh, they should probably be favored. And then they get at Louisiana Tech, pretty tough. At UTEP, suddenly very tough. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. Then Southern Miss, and then it's all going to lead up to that UAB game. Yep. Uh, I guess they do play at North Texas, but... Um, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, sad sad call. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Sincere McCormick's legs ended up taking a back seat. Mm-hmm. I don't think he minds. Nope. What's next, Pickle? You mentioned it. How about those minors? Does UTEP need to game plan for anything other than Frank Gore Jr.? And uh, 26 to 13 over Southern Miss, 5 and 1. Uh, the answer was kind of kind of yes. Jake Lang, their, the quarterback for, for Southern Miss, was okay in this game. Um, and actually, they did hold Frank Gore Jr. in check. He only had 43 yards in this mm-hmm. game. Um, now... Look, this was you know they they needed to game plan for for Jake Lang. He ended up they ended up kind of zigging when they zag, but in the end, UTEP gets the win. And 
and what I think is really impressive about this one, mm-hmm. okay, what I think is really impressive about this game is that UTEP, the past couple of weeks, uh, it's not fair, um, the past, uh, in, in some games this, this year, they have been reliant on uh, Gavin Hardison to go out there and do a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. They finally got that run game going, like in, in earnest, a yep. real live darn good run game. And it paid off. And I think a big thing is to do this on the road. Oh like that's gosh. got to give them so much oh, yeah. more confidence heading into this to go and you know you're supposed to win it, but still it's it's a weird it's a weird yeah. game down in Southern Miss and it's like, man, they went on the road and they did it. The the name of the game here was that they held the Southern Miss rushing attack in check. The Southern Miss passing attack is not good enough no. to make up for it if their running attack is not going. Give a ton of credit to UTEP. They are Five and one, guys. Yeah. They're five and stinking one. And they've got all got six shots to win one game. Yeah. And then Bolin Pittens. And by the way, they got North Texas still to come. They've they got, got Rice. Rice still to come. Yep. They got they got UTSA still to come. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh feeling good for them. Yeah. <laughs> Do uh, it, Dana. <laughs> Frank Frank Gore Jr. was was like they don't really have a great plan B is what you found out. So the answer yes. was like they ended up needing to find some passing stops, but in the end it didn't matter. Great win for UTEP, 5-1. and one. Go Miners. Miner up. <laughs> picks up. Picks up. That's it. Picks, picks up. up, yeah. I was going to say Miner up is not what you're looking for this there. This is UTSA and this is UTEP. Yep. So I can get on board with that. What's next? Up next, how about them Bobcats? The question was how much does oh. a home game of following a bye week play an advantage for Texas State and with a 33-31 to 31 overtime win mm. against oh, no, South no, no. Alabama. Oh, yeah. No, go on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it played a big advantage. Uh, you're, you're underselling it, okay? Not just a 35-31 uh, overtime or 33-31. Did they go into extra? 33-31. Oh, pickle, they went to four overtime. Four to, okay. Because they, because this thing went into the two-point conversions, the dreaded two-point conversions. Yep. And yeah, look, I think being at home was big. I think that they had an opportunity to game plan for a sub- South Alabama team that just like plain and simple is not very good, right? And they were able to come out with, with a big-time win. Like, look, I'm not here to, to tell you that um, – that this is a great South Alabama team. Uh, but what they do do well is that their defense has actually been pretty good this year, and they found a way to make it make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, look, I, I think that they were able to go toe-for-toe toe and score-for-score score with South Alabama. Um, and that, going up against that, that, that defense, that is impressive. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm by, I'm I'm big on Texas State. I think this is an important win for Jake Spavital mm-hmm. to prove that he has not lost control of the team. And hopefully you see some sort of momentum going in mm-hmm. after this. Yeah, I mean they they stuck to the game plan of running the ball uh and not try to make Bray McBride throw the ball all over the yard and it worked. They had good balance in this game. Good job Texas State. Thumbs up for now. They're 2 and 3. <laughs> What's next? Up next, the game of the weekend. A&M taking down number one, was number one ranked Alabama. <laughs> and the question was, will <laughs> we see Isaiah Spiller or Devon Chan finally make an impact in the game? Um, 41 to 38, they won on a field goal if you missed it. Yeah, sure. I guess they will. Uh, but, I mean, look, here's the thing. Uh, De- like, so Isaiah Spiller was, he was pretty good in this game. Um, he was really good, I would say. Um, he was much much better out of the backfield than he was running the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Devonta Chan changed the game. 
Yep, Devon Chan had the, in my opinion, the play of the game. Now, there are a lot of plays that can be the play of the game, mm -hmm. but immediately after Alabama blocks that punt and recovers it for a touchdown. Yep. I think it makes it 24 to 17 or something like that. Yeah. Sound about right? Yes, I think that's 24 right. 24-17. Uh, it's a one-score game. And I'm sitting there on my couch. I'm going like, that's it. Here it comes. Here mm -hmm. comes here comes the tide, so to speak. Here comes the wave. Okay. <laughs> and the next play, not even a play, I guess technically it is play. Devon Chan returns the kickoff 99 yards, 98 mm -hmm. yards for a touchdown. That's the biggest play of the game. Um, and it's because he saw this question. I'm just uh, throw that he out came up huge in a big way. Uh yeah, I think that I think that what's funny, we had a lot of questions about why A and M was not trying to run the ball whenever they had like a quarterback who was struggling, right, with Zach Calzada. Why were they not trying to run the ball? Uh, part of it was I don't think they trusted their offensive line, uh, and part of it was you know they just they they were playing from behind, and so they had they felt like they had to throw a little bit more. Um, in the end, this was the game where they rolled out their running game, mm -hmm. and they and they carried the ball twenty seven times against Tide. You know they they had a much closer to fifty fifty split. Of runs and passes, um, and yeah, you know what? They got some explosive plays in the in they got the, a couple of explosive plays in the passing game, but they were opened up by keeping the running game going. So I thought it was uh, a spectacular performance. The answer was well, Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller, I think, did make his impact felt. Mm -hmm. Devonta Chandler most especially made his impact felt. What's next, pickle? Up next, the question was for the Horn Frogs on a scale of one to ten when they were taking on Texas Tech. How bad did Gary Patterson need that win? And of course, they had a bad loss to SMU. They had a bad loss to Texas, so things weren't looking super good, and they went out there and they got the job done. Yeah, they did. Um, look, I still have big-time concerns about their defense. Mm -hmm. Big-time concerns about their defense, okay? But um, what I will say is when you're running the ball like that, uh, it may not matter, right? I well, mean, and they, that's the thing. They finally ran it. Like. I mean, they were spectacular running the ball. Kendra Miller and Zach Evans both go over 140 yards rushing. They combined for five touchdowns. They ran the ball really, really, really effectively. Max Duggan only threw 10 passes in this game. Mm -hmm. And like, that brings up the question is, why didn't they do that in their right. previous two games? Right. What were you thinking? No, big question. <laughs> I, I, I understand and Maybe they saw something in the Tech defense that they didn't see against Texas or didn't see against SMU. But whatever the case may be, they came up with big plays. They had seven explosive plays in the rushing game. I mean, mm -hmm. that is ridiculous. If you're getting that kind of production out there, 15% uh, of your rushes are going for explosive plays. That is really impressive. Um, yeah, they needed it badly, and they got it. And and now, for TCU, you hope that this is something that is sustainable, um, you know, going forward. But they do have to go to Oklahoma on Saturday night, so we'll see if they'll be, you know, we'll see if they're able to run the ball as effectively against Oklahoma as they were against Tech. Good win for them. What's next, pickle? Up next. The 5-0 and o SMU Mustangs, the question was, does Sonny Dykes have his defense prepared for the triple option? And, man, uh, kinda. Navy, um, I mean, put it up so, on him so a little there bit. Is, it, what's weird, Navy always bedevils SMU. Mm -hmm. Like, even a bad Navy team. I think this is a pretty bad Navy team, right? They always bedevil SMU. Now, look, part of this is that SMU is minus two in the turnover margin. Okay, they were they were minus two in turnovers. Mm -hmm. um, for the most part, they were able to hold Navy's offense in check. Um, a lot of this just comes down to, you know, they they were able to to, to hold them to just thirty eight percent of their available yards. Um, 
But Nate, uh, so this doesn't have to do really in a lot of ways with the defense. I thought the defense played pretty darn well. Uh, they give up two turnovers and you know stuff like that. But the defense played pretty darn well against the triple option. The difference was that the offense just couldn't. They got stuck in the mud. It was. It's the first time we've really seen the offense have to work. Mm-hmm. Like and really have to struggle to get get the win. Look, they ended up getting the win. But I mean, they had look defensively. SMU stopped had a stop rate of fifty eight percent. Okay, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. If you do that, you're going to win a lot of a lot of football games. The offense took a while to get going. Once they got going, they they ended up winning. This game is th- this game was not close because the defense wasn't wasn't good. Right. The defense was th- this game was close because the offense turned the ball over a couple of times and they were just kind of stuck in the mud and 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 ended up uh, what they ended up stalling on you know too too often on their on their uh, on on their drives. So. I don't know. It was a weird game. This was the weirdest game of the week because mm-hmm. SMU is a lot better than Navy. But in the end, they got the win, especially on the road in Annapolis. You just take it and run. What's next, Pickle? Up next, what does it take for North Texas not to trap themselves in a hole early on? And they did it again with a 48-35 to loss well, over Mizzou. And, this, and, and, and here's the thing. Again, this is much like... Uh, Oh no, it's not not like oh, sorry. I recorded Tep and Step, and I was thinking about a high school football game uh, from last week. This game ended up being um, this ended up being a thirteen point game, uh, forty eight thirty five. Do not be fooled. Do not mm-hmm. be fooled. This game was thirty one seven at halftime. This game was thirty one fourteen going into the fourth quarter. Um, and you just can't – they cannot keep doing that because they had a great fourth quarter. I mean, they were – like, at least production-wise, they were able to put points mm-hmm. on the board. But it's like, man, if you were able to do that in the second quarter, this might have been a different game, I mean, you know? I believe – I'm fairly certain that Mizzou took the ball and, like, score – or, you know, I think that – I think uh, North Texas got the ball first. They went three and out, and then – an interception. Four and a, yeah, f- yeah, four and a half minutes into the game, uh, Mizzou's up seven nothing, and they ran away with it in the second quarter. They pulled them fourteen seven early in the second quarter on an Isaiah Johnson run, but then bang, 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 it's thirty one nothing or thirty one seven at half, and it's like it's over, it's over. So yeah, their their first quarters have been horrendous. They've been awful. Yeah, they and, consistently get down by really fourteen to twenty one points at the end of the first every really, single week. Really, their first halves have been terrible. Yeah, it's just it's just such a I don't know. It's a frustrating team because obviously I think that there's some talent on offense. Mm-hmm. And you can see the sparks get yeah. going at the end of but the games, they just but it's too late. They can't. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're by, by that point, it's just like your offense can't operate when you're always down by 20. Yeah, you're beating a dead horse at that exactly. point. All right. What's next, Pickle? Up next, I was supposed to say does, Alton McCaskill give, or grab a new season high rushing yards for Houston? Um. Well, he didn't. Um, that's the bad news. Yes. The good news is they don't care. Nope. They don't care at all. Alton McCaskill 40, ended up going lane. for um, he ended up going for uh, 93 yards. He went for 114 against Grambling uh, back there. Uh, but a good game, obviously. Um, and yeah, look, this is a game. Alton McCaskill. They've obviously found something there. They found the right balance with. Um, they found the right balance with Clayton Tune that they're not asking him to throw the ball 50 times a game, but. I think what is most impressive about this is the stinking defense. Yeah. Okay? The defense was living in the backfield of Tulane. Okay? They had eight sacks. They sacked they sacked um, 
Shea Wyatt. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Michael Pratt. They sacked him on 21% of his dropbacks. 21% of his dropbacks, they got a sack. That's insane. That's insane. That's functionally like a little less than once a drive. That is incredible what they were able to do. And that pass rush has been getting after fools. I've been very impressed with that pass rush. Uh, and look, Alton McCaskill had a good game. He didn't need to do more than this. They were able to run the ball effectively. Uh, Clayton Toon was solid, took care of the football. That's all you need from them. He only threw the ball 36 times. If he's thrown the ball 40-plus times, that means there's probably trouble. Right. So they found the right balance here. And I, I Like Houston, we mentioned it yesterday, for a team we buried mm-hmm. back in week one, they have certainly just like risen up from the grave. They've looked really good. What's next, Pickle? Up next, the Baylor Bears. The question was, can the Baylor or can Baylor find any sort of an huh. offensive spark? And I mean, man, forty-five to twenty and a, a really good early home win against West by God Virginia. I think they found well, it. And, 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 and I mean, this is a route. And again, another game where the score is not as close as as, as it indicates. I mean, this game was functionally over mm-hmm. in the second. Those quarter. were garbage points at the yeah, end. Yeah, and and look, this was a the offense looked really good and hitting on all cylinders. I thought Gary Bohannon, I think this is Gary Bohannon's best best game as a Baylor Bear. Yeah, um, three, I would agree. 336, four touchdowns. He didn't take a sack. He ran the ball for 18 yards and a score. He looked confident. He did. They were able to run the ball with Abram Smith and Tristan Ebner. Uh, Tay McWilliams got a few touches. They were able to do everything that they wanted this offense to look like against a West Virginia defense that, man, they're weird. This this West Virginia team is weird. Like, remember, mm-hmm. Oklahoma had a lot of trouble with them. Tech had a lot of trouble with them. Baylor goes out there and runs roughshod over them. Um, you know, getting a... a they, they were they were outstanding mm-hmm. in this game. Uh, I, I thought that I thought that overall, this was you know they're successful in forty six percent of their plays. That'll that'll do. That'll do. It was really really impressive. Um, so yeah, the offense found whatever they were missing last week. Mm-hmm. They certainly found it. Now we and just need to see some consistency. Now it's just got to be consistent. You're exactly right. That that now. Like, we've seen them play well offensively. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've seen them play well offensively against a team in their weight class, theoretically, because yes. they did it against Kansas and they did it against Texas, uh, Southern. Texas Southern. This is um, this is encouraging. they got to follow it up and, and make sure that they, they, don't, they don't spit the bit against BYU. What's next, Pickle? And finally, what is the key matchup for Texas to take down their rival? Don't give up a rushing touchdown in the final seconds of the game. Yeah, that That's would what I found to be help. the biggest thing. Like, whatever you do, don't let Mansfield zone Kennedy Brooks get loose for a game-winning 33-yard touchdown run with uh, two seconds from me. Yeah, or, I don't know, play, play a second half offensively? Yeah... Well, offensively and defensively, like, yeah. like it was a complete collapse. It was not. It was not. It was not just the defense. It was not just the offense. I just don't. Why did they quit giving the ball to Bijan? I mean, that's a little bit. Cons- that's a little bit strange. Why? It's a little bit strange. <laughs> they should have kept feeding him the rock, especially when they were up. I understand when that game got hairy and you need to make some plays. You go a little bit towards uh, right, you know, a, a bigger the, passing, the passing game. Yeah. Um, and uh, freshman was having himself a day. Well, and and part of it is here's another thing, and. Like a, a a generous reading of this would say they brought in Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is a much more mobile quarterback mm-hmm. than um than Spencer, Spencer Rattler. Rattler, and so they didn't game plan for him. Uh, but you still shouldn't be able to just get absolutely hammered uh, by a freshman quarterback, no. uh, especially coughing up a lead like you did. Uh, super disappointing, especially considering this looked like 
very early. This looked like this could be like the signature win for Steve Sarkeesian early in his career. Mm-hmm. In it, early in his they career. were there was some stats coming out about like there were three different records that were completely on track to be absolutely shattered from the yeah. rushing, the passing, and the, and the receiving attack, yeah. and then just it was anyway. Um, Self-combustion. Yeah, it was it was disappointing, super disappointing for Texas. Anyway, those are our burning questions from last week. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle. Terry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week, and let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year, decided at season's end. Your Week 7 Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees, Lovick Roosevelt Defensive Coordinator Nate Gensler. The Eagles boast the state's most dangerous defense, improving to 6-0 and on the year with a 54-2 win over district rival Stanton, bringing their total points allowed in six games to 14. Impressive. Texas City defensive coordinator Blake Ryder. The Stingeries defense shut down state-ranked and previously unbeaten Nederland, surging to a 14-2 win to improve to 6-0. and Quinlan Ford offense coordinator Caden Wallace. The Panthers exploded for 660 yards, including 559 yards on the ground, headed up by 193 yards and three scores from Jadonovan Williams in a 68-27 romp over Farmersville. And finally, San Antonio Johnson offense coordinator Victor Sierra. Ben McCreary ran for 336 yards and five touchdowns, and Tyler Kerwin added another 263 yards and two scores through the air to pace a 660-yard assault in Johnson's 62-34 win over district rival San Antonio Roosevelt. So those are your Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. And as we do every Tuesday, Tuesdays. we bring in... The voice of the Texas Longhorns. You can hear him on the horn in Austin, and you can see him co-hosting High School Scoreboard Live on Friday night on Bally Sports Southwest. He is the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. He is Craig Way. Craig, how does the day find you? Uh, it finds me not bad. It's 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 a, a Tuesday, and you grind toward the next one and come off of that one last Saturday. Who boy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's onward and upward. Let's start there. Um, because obviously you were on the call for Texas and OU there at the cotton bowl in a, a remarkable game. I think it's fair to say a remarkable game. Uh, you've called your fair share of Texas OU games. I know obviously for the, for the, uh, the constituency that you were announcing for, it didn't turn out the way that they would prefer, but from your perspective, as a guy who's seen a lot of these Texas OU games, where does that one rank uh, as far as uh, memorability is concerned? Well, in terms of its slam-bang effect, in terms of the way the game unfolded, you know, I put it right there with the, the 48-45 game three years ago. It was very similar in that uh, Texas had a big lead in that. Oklahoma came back to tie before uh, the Longhorns won it on the walk-off field goal. Uh, there's, there's been a few like that that have come down to the wire 
at the end of the 45-35 game in 2008 when Oklahoma was number one and Texas was number five. But in terms of just the jaw-dropping way in which the game turned, I mean, how could it not be at or near the top of the list? It was, it was, it was amazing the way that the game, extraordinary is another word, the way that the game ultimately turned. And it turned on three or four really big moments and big plays in the game that made the difference in the ballgame. All right. I'm just going to put you on the spot here because uh, I got asked this question on an interview earlier today, and I think it's a good one. Um, right now, in 4A Division One, if we give you the keys to the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press rankings, in Class 4A Division One, who's your number one team? Because I think you got an argument for at least – at least two, possibly three, four, five different teams to be there. We've had a lot of chaos the last week, couple weeks. Who gets your nod in 4A Division One right now? Probably Stephenville. It would be it'd be really close between them and LBJ, and LBJ's resume is good, but they've also LBJ last couple of weeks. Uh, to, you know, I don't know if they've gone as far as to use your phraseology, play with their food, but they've been involved in some tough ones. The the, the one with Canyon Lake, the one uh, with Cornerstone, and we know that Cornerstone is a solid private school. They, they beat Cal Allen, so we know that. Uh, Stephenville, see, put it this way, Stephenville seems to be gathering momentum now, and they're both unbeaten, so it would be those two, I think you could go one or two and feel pretty comfortable with. Talking with Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer here on Texas Football Today. Get involved the conversation hashtag TF Today. All right, Craig. Uh, I know that. Hey, you- and, and by the way, Tap, by the way, I had somebody ask me on my show today. They said, when, when would LBJ face El Campo? Hmm. Uh, it, because I was talking about, you know, uh, our good friend Jerry Forrest and Pigskin Prep, and they and and when they do the projections on the bracket, uh, I said it's HWTF, and it's not the WTF you're thinking. <laughs> I said it's it's how would they finish? And we were going we were going through all that, and I looked it up, and I said, well, according to the computer, LBJ would meet El Campo in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. I said, and then El Campo would take him out. I said, but you know, the computer does not have El Campo winning the state championship, and automatically you're going to say, oh yeah. That's that's right. Argyle's up there. Now they're not picking Argyle. Oh, yeah, Stephenville. Now they're not picking Stephenville. Computer likes Melissa yeah. to win the 4A Division One state championship right now. So that, I think, speaks to what you're talking about, about how there's a number of candidates who, when all the dust settles, could be standing there at the top. And what's so interesting is you want to talk about a contrast to last year. Mm. Where you had that this was four A Division One was arguably, with all due respect to maybe like Mart in in two A Division Two, that that was the division that had, or maybe Carthage four A Division Two rather. <laughs> but you had the juggernaut, a team that was just like, nope, it's Argyle, and until they show any sort of weakness, it's got to be Argyle. So it just it goes to show how quickly. These things can change because, again, go back two weeks ago. I think we were having a similar conversation. We didn't think Argyle was maybe as good as they were last year, but we were still having a conversation about, well, until somebody proves that Argyle has is flawed, then they've got to be the team to beat. Well, suddenly we're two weeks in, and it feels like it is an absolute free-for-all in 4A Division One. 
Yep. I, I, again, you know, because we were talking about El Campo, Melissa, Argyle, Stephenville, LBJ. Those those schools are in some order in your top ten poll, and that doesn't even get into teams like Cal Allen or a Kaufman that might be dangerous. Who knows? A Midlothian Heritage or a Kilgore, that sort of thing. And somebody else had asked me after that said, "Well." Well, what about, did you skip 4A Division two? And I was like, no, but maybe subconsciously I did because it's Carthage yeah. and then others. Yeah. And, and even then, even then, you've got really good teams. You've got West Orange Stark. You've got Belleville, who I've been really high on this season. Fan, who we've, we've talked a bit about. But it's still Carthage's rodeo until somebody else, you know, lassos it away. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. It's Craig Way, the Texas High School Ball Hall of Famer. Join us here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation the hashtag TF Today. All right, I know you do your show on the Horn in Austin. You talk a lot of Austin area high school football. And so I want to I bring it to you thusly. I want to give you three teams in, let's say, the greater, greater Austin area. Three teams that, I, that I think are in that are, I think are having surprising seasons. Maybe not necessarily within the room, but certainly outside the room. Which represents the biggest surprise to you? Would it be Dripping Springs, sitting at 6-0? and Would it be Buta Johnson, sitting at 6-0? and Or would it be those little old ding-dong Granger Lions at 5-0? and Which of those gets the Craig Way, I don't know if I necessarily saw it coming, stamp of approval? Granger, yeah, uh, and and I can say that pretty quickly with the way, and it's it's going to be fun to watch to see as they continue to build. I, I've been quite impressed with that. I think you know I don't know I I think that in the case of both Buta Johnson and Drip, we knew they were going to be good, mm-hmm. maybe just not quite where what they've shown us so far good, and obviously we're going to find out more about each of them individually here coming up real soon. But uh, but Granger would be the biggest surprise to me with the, the start they've gotten off to and some of the margins of victory they've had. I, I'd say the Lions probably would, would be my biggest surprise. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, and, and especially, you know, considering you know, they've, they've been they've been good the past couple of years, but maybe a little bit under the radar there, uh, you know, overall. With the, you know, last year under Coach Stephen Broach said they were, they were, you know, pretty darn good co-district champions, but at the same time, this, is, this feels different, what they're doing down there. All right, Craig, it's time. For our favorite time of the of the week, it's when I put you on the spot and I tell you that you got to teleport to one of these games. You can only with horse monster. Let's go. We're road tripping, baby. All right. Well, <laughs> no, good, good no, no, let me hear the other two. My knee jerk is to say Winthorpe monster, but give me the other two. Would it be? Would you rather go to? And I'm, I'm going to tug your heartstrings here because I know and I understand they're on different days, but. Thursday night, Vandergrift and Cedar Ridge. See, there you go. See, I'm, I'm getting them. Okay. I'm, I'm gigging them a little bit. Would you go to Allen and Denton Geyer or, I guess, Winthorst and Munster? <laughs> well, and, I, and I'll give you another one that, yeah. that could have gone in that was high on my list that I was interested in. Abernathy Idaloo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be, I'd be about that one because you know about Abernathy and Idaloo here, Chep. What you got there is you got a Dairy Queen in both towns. I know because I've been to them both. And 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 you go in there. This is a game that is a DQ full meal deal. This is the hunger buster with cheese. Uh, it might even be the belt buster. And then you get that with the fries. And then you want the big blizzard, like the chocolate mud pie cake blizzard thing. That's how big a meal that game is. So that's important. Um, Allen and, and, and Geyer, yeah, that's, that's pretty exciting. I, I think – 
Cedar Ridge is still in the, I know they've taken yeah. one step of proving it to me with what they did against Round Rock. That's a huge rivalry game. But I'm, I'm still of the mindset, prove it to me against a really good proven squad like Vandegrift, and then, and then we'll kind of take By the way, one other side note about that, and we were talking about this on the show last Friday, Tep, Del Valley's win over Aikens, yes. even though it was their first win of the year, it puts them in a position where if they win the ones they're supposed to win, which does not include against Lake Travis this week, but if they win the ones they're supposed to win and they get in the playoffs, that pushes Bowie into the D2 bracket and a bi-district matchup with Vandegrift. Yeah. Because Vandegrift's going to be the top seed in D2 because both Round Rock and Cedar Ridge will go Division One. But to your original question about it all, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really, really uh, curious to see how Winthorpe and Munster plays out. Yeah, the um, you know, you mentioned the, the Vandegrift and, and, um, and Cedar Ridge game. The, the Cedar Ridge last week against Vista Ridge they, that spooks me a little bit. I think I think two weeks ago I was a lot more geeked up about like, oh man, I think I think you know I think Cedar Ridge can can really test Vandegrift. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overrating the most recent result, which I want to do, but I, I think that I think that that scares me a little bit with them taking on a, a Vista Ridge team that I think is improving, but still to to struggle like that has me a little bit scared. Yeah, and, and by the way, in the the the, the Vandy Cedar Ridge, isn't that your coach watch along game this week? It is. you well, got that going on. This yeah, week? we're gonna have mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna have a uh, uh, South Lake Carroll coach Riley Dodge in studio, as well as Frank Sandoval from West Mesquite in studio. So, uh, so if I was in the studio with you guys and we were having some beverages, and I'll just leave it at beverages, sodas, yeah. and and some and some and some and some meals, then then I might be inclined to do it if I was up there at the Left to my own devices and your teleporting system, it would probably be Windthor's monster. Craig, allow me to just tell you that you are 100% invited to come and crash our watch along on on Thursday. So, anytime. Anytime. You're 100%. <laughs> I'll let you know if I can make it up there for one of them. I'd, I'd love, I'd love to do it sometime. That's for sure. All right, he's, Craig. Appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, and uh, we will see you on Friday on Valley Sports Southwest. Hey, we'll uh, we'll look forward to it. Uh, Pickle, have a great run up to Cook County. Appreciate it, Craig. There he goes. Right. Craig Way, the Texas High School Hall of Famer, joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. Uh, yeah, we'll see if he can do a watch-along. Although he's been, you know what, and I guess I shouldn't tease this unless we can pay it off, but I guess I just will. He's been after me. He wants to call a Texan live game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he wants to call a Texan yes. live game. Yes. Would you guys like to see Craig Way on Texan live? Yeah. Because uh, we would. He's been after <laughs> me a little bit. He's been, he's been, I know he's been in your texts and stuff. Uh, he wants to do it. So I was going to say, I've got the schedule on my computer. So we'll try uh, to make this happen. <laughs> get get the Hall of Famer on our, on our airwaves. Anyway, we appreciate Craig Way, as always, hopping on with us. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. You can like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Oh, where'd this go? There it is. Hold things on. are going great. There's so many things here. Pickle! <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas Football. And from now on, our proud team up this year to honor uh, some of, uh, rather, proud to uh, team up this year to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 7, from now on, Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Israel Gonzalez from Harlingen South. 
We had him on the show yesterday. Harlingen native Israel Gonzalez is making waves in his first year back in his hometown, leading the Hawks to a blazing 6-0 start in 2021. After taking down back-to-back wins over Harlingen and San Benito, they have an inside track to the 32-6A crown. In 5A, Dan Sherwood from Amarillo Caprock. Coach Sherwood's squad came into Thursday night's district game at just 1-4, but the Longhorns didn't let the road environment or a tough opponent phase them as Caprock knocked off Lubbock Monterey 28-7 in convincing fashion to even their district record at 1-1. One in 4A, Tracy Welch from Lake Worth. Despite being uh, being unbeaten at 5-0 heading into their district opener against powerful Springtown, Coach Welch's squad wasn't given much of a shot on Friday night, but the Bullfrogs proved the doubters wrong in a major way with a statement 48-19 win over the Porcupines. Bullfrogs and Porcupines might have been the game of the week last week oh, as far yeah. as mascots are concerned. In 3A, Darby House from Poteet. Coach House has the Aggies thinking district title in District 14-3A Division One as Poteet improved to 6-1 and on the year and 3-0 in district play, knocking off defending district champion Jordanton on Friday night. In 2A, Todd Swearingen from Heiko. After winning just six games combined in the past three seasons, first-year head coach Swearingen is helping the Tigers turn the corner as they open up district play with a 14-6 upset win over Cross Plains to improve to 4-3 and on the season. In 1A, Matthew Hoover from Anton. In a matchup of state-ranked powers in Division I, Hoover's Bulldogs held their nerve and rallied from a second-half deficit to take down Whit Harrell, 56-51, moving to 6-0. And finally, in the private school ranks, Jake Walksmith from Shiner St. Paul. In a nip-and-tuck affair in their district opener, Walksmith's Cardinals came up with the key stops to t- late to take down San Antonio Holy Cross, 24-22, to improve to 5-1 on the season. So those are your Dave Campbell's Texas football from now on, Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the coaches, and thank you for all you do for your players, schools, and communities. For more information on how your school can get a one-stop shop experience that transforms how it connects with fans and communities, visit from-now-on.com. One last thing to do, Pickle, before we round it up, and that is the DCTF Top 10 Plays of the Week, presented by our friends at Body Armor. Uh, we, of course, invite you to send us your plays using hashtag DCTFTop10. Y'all did uh, really good this week. Thank you. And Pickle Shout is, out to everyone Pickle is the that. one who collates all these and puts them together. So if your favorite play is at number one, it's at Ashley underscore Pickle12. And use the hashtag DCTFTop10 to send us your plays. And now, the Week 7, Dave Campbell's Text Football Top 10 Plays of the Week. Yeah, low snap, picked up by Trahan. He just gets out of the end zone, but he breaks free. He's it's a foot race at the 40, the 50. He's got enough gas to get all the way. He's at the 30, the 20. I believe he's going to make it the 5, the 10. And the guys were itchy on that one. Broncos trying to score quickly here once again. Cruz fakes the handoff. Pressure coming. He avoids it. Stepping up, and he's going to tuck it and take it himself. Down the far sideline. Cruz has a lot of room to run. Will they catch him? No, they won't. Touchdown, Broncos. Connor Cruz answers immediately. Man in motion, spread, four receivers to the left, looks like a screen. Deep throw down the left side, and they just did their own trickery. Same exact, almost the same play we did. Right in. Third and ten. It's third and ten. This 
Bernard throws and it's picked off. Intercepted Christian Pugh. Christian Pugh back the other way. Up the sideline he goes. He's got a convoy in front of him. Cuts inside of Bernard. He's got to beat him and he will. Touchdown Westbrook. Looking to throw. Heavy pressure. Throws it high. And it's tipped and intercepted. Freddie Hudson. There for Johnny on the spot. Dozing his way across the goal line. Number two going out to Morgan Pearson and Reese Taylor. Man, that duo is unstoppable, specifically Morgan. I mean, I said it earlier, it's hard to do that kind of stuff. Flores is the lone receiver on the left, two receivers on the right. There's a wing back on the left as well, and it's going to be a handoff to Bednor. He breaks the tackle at the line of scrimmage, comes out to the right side, breaks another tackle, puts his hand down. He's still on his feet. He's at oh. 20. He's at the 10. And he is in for the score. Touchdown, James Bednor. Let's go. What a play. That's what you call demon effort right there because he was down, basically. They just did not get him on the ground, but he just kept pushing, kept pushing, and broke it loose to make that big run. Third and third down and eight up coming, bringing it out and it is caught on. Well, is it? Yes, it is. One of the most spectacular plays I will ever see. Vigo Lopez that deserves at least 14 points, folks. Come on, give him more than that. Wow, Vigo Lopez wasn't even sure if he had it, hanging around by his right earlobe on his right shoulder pads. He said, "You know what? I need a hold on to this." Dave Campbell's Texas Football Top 10 Plays of the Week. Remember, if you've got a play, make sure you go. And tweet it to us. Or, I guess, Instagram, all those fun things. Yeah. Hashtag DCTF Top 10. We scour the webs for hashtag DCTF Top 10. We do. It's always fun to get to see, mm-hmm. like, a bunch of people doing it. That that makes it more exciting, and we have access to more plays at that point. Absolutely. So there you go. And now, let's go over to Ashley Pickle of America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts? So there was a question earlier when we were talking about the UNT game as to when I was going to be wearing a ball gown to work. And the mm-hmm. answer to that is, I will not, because I won the bet. You won the bet. We bet not on who was going to win or lose. We that was had a pretty clear. super strong feeling that UNT was not going to win that game. So we bet on the spread. My wife was unaware of like she she she's not a gambler, uh-huh. and so she was like, "Oh, hey, you don't have to wear a tux." I'm like, "That's not how this. That's works. not how this works." So we bet on the spread. The spread we set it at 19 points. Uh, we did that Saturday night, uh, Friday night, I Friday guess. Friday night. Um, and yeah, UNT covered. So the question, I guess, then transfers into. Um, when are you going to be wearing a tux to the office? I don't know. You got to find one, right? Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Can I wear, instead of a full tuxedo, because I would have to go rent, I don't own a tuxedo, mm-hmm. uh, could I go full suit with bow tie? Is that an acceptable? Yes, but here, okay, here's my thing. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I will make it acceptable, but you have to wear dress shoes. 
Okay. Because I know you, you are your kicks with, mm-hmm. with suit guy. So mm-hmm. I feel like to make it equally as uncomfortable instead of having to go get a tux, cause that is a pain. Yes. Um, you have to wear dress shoes, uncomfortable shoes. Yes. I, that's fine. I think that's okay. I feel like that's, that's a fair trade off there. Yes. Okay. Um, and we'll set a date again. It has to be on a Tuesday, right? Cause Craig requested Yeah. Maybe that. what's next Tuesday? Next Tuesday is the 19th. Is that right? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. What? It's, we're going to do it next Tuesday. Do you know why? Why? Next Tuesday is the six-year anniversary of Texas football today. <laughs> Great. So it's an so, even more of a reason to celebrate. Yeah. A celebratory outfit. There you go. For, uh, for that. that. That works out perfectly. Oh, no. Do you know what we're supposed to be doing today? We were supposed to be in Vegas today. We were supposed to be flying out to Vegas today. Pain. I thought about that last night. Still on my calendar. Yes. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Craig Way, the Hall of Famer, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.